Hello and welcome uh, to the first episode of Mad About Mad About You. All uh, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep rolling or we can reverse this. However nope. you want to start things. We don't have to cut it, but oh boy. <laughs> that's what I have written. Oh my God, John. <laughs> I don't know how well this bodes. Stop clapping. You're going you're gonna to screw up where we... You're going to mess our timestamp. Wait till we get 10 minutes in and we discover I watched Seinfeld instead of Mad About You. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mad About Mad About You. Uh, my name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. We are a couple of friends who met in New York. Is that right, John? New York, yes? New York City. New York City. Uh, we met doing improv comedy as a member, as members of the Garys, the esteemed independent improv troupe, and the darlings, yeah. of, the darlings of Providence. <laughs> Yeah, you all remember the Garys, right? <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, we learned pretty quickly that we are both fans of, big fans of the show Mad About You from the 1990s, uh, from NBC's heyday. Must see TV. And must see. You a must golden, see. A second golden age of television. It's true. And we realized that there is currently... Uh, no recap show, so there must be an a huge void and a gaping hole in everybody's life. It was like finding out there was no Santa Claus. It, I, just where do we go? Where do we Santa go? Be the Santa you want to see in the world. Be the, be the <laughs> Mad About You podcast you want to see in the world. <laughs> I remember Gandhi talking about Santa. Yeah, I remember Gandhi quote. talking about Mad About You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so we're here we're void fillers we are, we are <laughs> we're bringing you the people what you need and what you need is a recap show all about mad about you you're welcome you're you're welcome in advance folks listen i hope this isn't even the only one i hope this just triggers a response that that ends up with hundreds and thousands of mad about you <laughs> Podcast recap podcasts all across the world. You're encouraging our competitors. Yeah, you don't you like this what? one? Start your own. Do it. Start Go your for own. it. Go for it. Turn us off right now and <laughs> and fix our mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, John, um, tell us. We we covered the the pilot. We're covering the pilot. We're starting from ground zero. Yes, this is the first episode I'm at about you. It was called Romantic Improvisations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it aired on September 23rd, 1992. Yes. And, yeah, which was, we all remember that day. It was a great day. <laughs> it was a great day. <laughs> I was in uh, fourth fourth or fifth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. I was, I was 10 at the time. So, yeah, I was just probably just getting started with one of those grades. Oh, I'm horrible. Roughly I, it, mapping an age to a grade is impossible for me. It, who 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 has that kind of mind? Teachers, Fuck, teacher, teachers, and that's it. Because it's their field. That's all they do all day. 
I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, 10, 8th grade. Oh, 16, 4th grade. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, 10, 8th grade. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I thank goodness I was bar mitzvahed because, and I know, that's like, I'm like, okay, I was 13, 7th grade. That's it. That's all I got. Second oh, half of 13. Yeah. yeah, you have so a great it, milestone. It divides things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I could also be like, oh, and that was in 1995. Great. Okay. This oh. is a... Thank goodness so for timestamps like that. Yeah. It's not too late. You can, if you wanted to get bar mitzvah right now. Yeah, but it wouldn't be totally a mile. It would be, it would be the wrong period. Look, everything before this would be, it would be very, very <laughs> difficult still. You would still have to be like, okay, so middle school, that was 20 years before my bar mitzvah, <laughs> roughly. <laughs> yeah, but like those years are the only years you talk about in individual years. That's you true. know, once you get to your 20s, it's like, oh, my 20s, oh, my late 20s, my early 20s. Yeah. But no one's like, oh, boy, when I was 27. <laughs> right. Was like, when I was 27, 20, I don't remember. But Yeah, they can't remember what, yeah, what, then, ha- what year you're that, talking it's about. It's like, oh, when I was 16, we yeah. did this thing. I'll never forget the time that I was 15 and a half years old, specifically. Right. 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 So, <laughs> my point being, an adult bar mitzvah would be useless to me. So, I'm sure. Fair enough. You know what, then? I guess it was just a stupid idea. <laughs> no, it was a nice idea. It was a nice thought. Um, but uh, this all happened no September 22nd, 1992. 23rd, rather. Uh, so the description <laughs> of TV Guide was very apt. <laughs> As it should be. Very apt. Yeah. Scheduled time alone goes off schedule. After Jamie and Paul each assume the other canceled their scheduled plans with friends Mark and Fran. They used the word schedule three times in one sentence. It's, it's a actually lot. a horribly written summary. Never mind. <laughs> no, you know, it, apt is right because when you are limiting yourself to a five-word vocabulary, you're going to be <laughs> yeah, you're going to be pretty specific about good, what you're <laughs> Good thing the word schedule was a part of that vocab. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been screwed. Can you believe that? Scheduled time goes alone off, goes off schedule after Jamie and Polly just soon the other canceled their scheduled plans with Fran, with Mark and Fran. I would have loved for one of the people's names to have been scheduled. Schedule. <laughs> what do they name their? Uh, we'll get to that in. We'll get to a that. Few oh, years. We don't even. Let's not. Let's baby. not jump that gun. Spoiler alert: They have a baby. They have a baby. Also, guys, this is gonna be full of spoiler alerts. But literally, who cares? Because <laughs> there's, you know, you ever listen? I mean, you, we both listen to recap podcasts, sure. And they talk about spoiler alerts, and they're recapping shows from like the '90s. And I'm like, you don't need to say it. Well, it's tricky because there are some people who are like, I've never heard this. I've never, I've never seen this show. I'm going to do this new. I'm going well, to watch gonna hate an episode. This podcast then probably. Well, they're like, I'm going to like you and I are both fans of the West Wing Weekly. I think or Huge the West Wing fans of the West Wing Weekly. Yeah. And they keep things pretty fresh. They like to do an episode-by-episode episode recap yes. without without jumping ahead and saying, by the way, no, uh, you're here's right. a thing that happens. We should and do that's that. And nice, that's a nice we – sh- we should do that. So Guys, we're going to have a quick meeting right now about so, what this so, podcast is. So they, they have a baby or they don't have a baby. As huh? do I and you. Could, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We're just like the show in that respect. We um, all may or may not have babies. So a couple airing notes mm. uh, from that evening of television. Uh, it, w- it aired at 9.30 p.m. 
right? Okay. This was on a Thursday night. Sure. Uh, so it was right between Seinfeld and Law and Order. Okay. Um, I'm guessing this. Well, it's hard to say when the season released because, like, at eight o'clock on a Thursday night in 1992, apparently there was Unsolved Mysteries, which I didn't remember. Really? What surprised me because what a weird, what a jarring transition to go from Unsolved Mysteries to Seinfeld. Yeah, it was the part that, one of so, the Wallace episode. Was Seinfeld so, Seinfeld yet? Or probably yeah. not quite. No, because yeah? the Wallet episode season four, I think, right? Oh, uh, the Wallet, yeah. Yeah. Which you could say you're moving from one unsolved mystery into another. As Jerry's <laughs> father cannot find his wallet in that episode. My wallet's gone. My, My wallet's, wallet's gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good time. And then it was followed by Law & Order. Um, it aired against a coach rerun. Which it probably was not too hard to beat. Coach was very popular. No, it was, but I mean, it was a rerun. So, like, you either really had to love Coach or hate new TV shows to, like, <laughs> say, nope, nope, I'm not even going to try it. No, no, no dice. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, but I, also, I, what? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I never really got into Coach. Oh, but, I love uh, Coach. I'm, yeah. I call it the Jerry Van Dyke show in my head. Oh my goodness! Over top billing over Craig T. Nelson. Absolutely. Well, because yeah, well, because Dick got his own show. He did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Can someone look that up? <laughs> Can someone did Dick Van Dyke have a show? <laughs> oh, that Dick. Wait, who do you think I meant? Dick Clark? I don't know. I forgot. Dick no, Gregory. Forget. Dick Nixon. I. <laughs> I think I thought that Jerry Van Dyke's character name on the show oh, was Dick. I have no idea. And that idea. he was then spun off to uh, his own show. Oh, no. None of that happened. I may have uh, made a few logic leaps there. Boy, John. did you run far with that ball. <laughs> anyway, uh, other things everyone, that were happening. Did you guys know Jerry Van Dyke had a spinoff show of his own character from Coach? <laughs> And his character's name was Dick. Yeah. What which... was it called, Russ? I don't know. When was it on? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> his character's name was Dick. I can't believe they did that when everybody knows that he's Dick Van Dyke's brother. <laughs> what a slap in the face. Yeah, right. Well, we couldn't get him, but let's just call him the same thing. <laughs> um, Here's a sobering uh, note, though. It aired mm. also against a Rock the Vote special on Fox. As a mere month and a half later, our first Clinton was to be elected president. It's true. And um, let me jump into, now that you're bringing it up, um, to dip into the actual episode and the uh, the title cards, actually. Mm. The title sequence for this episode. Mm-hmm. I listened to and watched, a, 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 or I listened to the commentary with uh, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt discussing the episode. Right. And there's a scene, there's a shot of the two of them reading the paper in the park. Yes. And there's Clinton and Gore. <gasps> On the cover of the paper? Prominently featured. Oh. Yeah, this is while they were still, this is while they were still campaigning. And oh. Helen Hunt did that deliberately. She was like, I'm making sure that these guys are getting out there as much as possible. So, yeah, That's that was a deliberate thing. Amazing. And. It's a fun little timestamp. Just be like, wow, this uh, why show couldn't was Modern on a Family have done ago? that a month ago? 
Right. <laughs> Why didn't Superstore yeah. have a stack of newspapers come in with Hillary Clinton on the cover? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Hollywood. Yeah, I fully, I completely blame Jesse Tyler Ferguson <laughs> for the current state of things. Uh, I'm uh, just kidding. Please come on our show, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Yeah, literally. Uh, anyone who's on TV is more than welcome <laughs> on the show. Um, so on this date back in 1992. Yes, what was the state uh, of the city? Well, there was a few things. I wasn't able to find a whole heck of a lot, but one big thing that came up uh, was uh, Amy Fisher was big in the news again. Who's that? Because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you you may or may not remember Amy Fisher. Do you I not remember Amy Fisher? I have no idea who that is. Oh, this might not have I this well this definitely made it big. Uh Amy also, Fisher Also everyone and, I grew up uh, overseas so I Oh, missed, that's right. I missed a lot of what happened in America over the course of this show. That's right. So Amy Fisher um do you know Joey Buttafuoco? Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a singer, right? This is a lot of fun, John. No. <laughs> So, Wait, no? For real? No. For real, no. Uh, okay. So back in the 90s, uh, Amy, Amy Fisher uh, was a high school girl, and she started having an affair with oh, Joey no. Buttafuoco on Long Island, just a guy who ran an auto body shop. Wait, Joey Buttafuoco is just a guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. famous for dating a teenager? <laughs> Well, it gets worse, John. I'm sorry to tell you. Does he kill her? His wife finds out, I think. Okay. His wife, Mary Jo. And uh, he has Mary Jo. I think Amy does it. Yeah. uh, Amy shoots her in the face. Shoots Mary Jo in the face. And she lives. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Amy goes to jail. And Joey goes to jail. I think Joey. Like I'm pretty juvie? sure Joey goes. No, jail, jail. They got. She was 17. She got tried as an adult. Gotcha. And she became the Long Island Lolita, is what she was known as. Oh my gosh. And uh, and yeah, it was it was huge. They made many uh, made for TV movies about the scandal, including one starring Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I can't believe I thought Joey, but I must. So a lot of my knowledge comes from jokes that I heard uh, while consuming media. And I must have concluded from some joke somewhere that Joey Buttafuoco was a musician. John, I was like John Tesh, like a punchline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you this. We need to cancel our previously scheduled Mad About You podcast. And just focus on telling you things. Huge cultural touchstones oh that happened. Gosh! Oh, I feel great about this. I feel great. Well, good. This is a big the day. Long Island Lolita. Wow! I can't imagine the post cover. Mazel tov. Today you are a man. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> this was a bar mitzvah. It was a bar mitzvah after all. What else you got? Oh my gosh! So let's talk about this show, shall we? Oh wait, wait. We're done with the news. Oh, there's so That's much- the news. That's all the news that's fits a print unless you got some other stuff. Uh, well, I don't know. I got a couple headlines here that probably aren't worth going into. Uh, a sweep of doubleheader thrills only for the diehards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. The fact that baseball is slow and boring. I don't know. Do you want to get into that, Josh? This, this are, you familiar, so are you familiar with what baseball is? This article's so slow that even the headlines, like, this is only for diehard fans. <laughs> when two dreary teams meet to fight for fourth place in September, business off the field is usually more important than business on the field. Ooh. Holy cow. Yeah, baseball's Ouch. a slow thing, man. Uh, bitter Dinkins-Giuliani battle veers from politics to race. There we go. I think we okay. all remember that, right? Vaguely, a little. Sure. I remember Jackie Mason David making Dinkins. a joke about the color of David Dinkins' skin and it causing a... Uh, see, I, that I know. Joy Bartuco, you know. never heard of. <laughs> you, Jackie man, Mason oh, controversy, <laughs> mayoral controversy, very familiar. Well, you've certainly got a wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there was a morning talk show in New York called The Breakfast Show. That's not, was that in the was that news that day? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they appear. One of them appeared on it. I think oh, most okay. New Yorkers are good people, and they don't want someone running the city that feeds off racial tensions. Mister Lynch said, "It's more like a David Duke for me than a Willie Horton in that uh, you try to flame racial tensions rather than try to bring people together." Oh my gosh, he's talking about Giuliani, I believe. Can you believe this? Yeah, this sounds so contemporary. Hey, man. I mean, you could replace Giuliani Everything with the name Trump, again. and that quote would totally fit. Yeah. Everything old is new again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a cycle. Man. It's then, Or it's oh. going to be a cycle until everything falls apart. This is our last episode because the world is going to <laughs> crumble. And David Duke is coming up nonstop in this article, mm-hmm. as he was in the recent months. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed in 24 years. Very little. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> one other piece I wanted to share, if I may. Please. Was there was – the New York Times published a review of the pilot. Um, okay. The day it aired. How neat. What did they think? Well, here's a pull quote that I take exception with. <clears throat> Uh-oh. As in Seinfeld and the routines of countless stand-up comedians, nothing much happens in Mad About You. And what eventually does happen, with the host cavorting in the kitchen as the guests wait for dinner, is considerably less than charming. But the offbeat details gradually reveal a relationship that, intensely intimate and candid, could be worth watching. At the very least, Mr. Riser and Miss Hunt get the chemistry just right. So, so less than charming. Look, get out of here. Yeah, I'm like they're the, the nothing second, but charming. The second and third sentences counteract the first right. thing he says. Yeah, it's or, it's less than charming, but their chemistry's yeah. a plus. Yeah, less than charming. Can't so you can't wait to see more. Yeah, but not not for the chemistry. Chemistry's never been known to make someone feel charm. <laughs> In spite of their lack of charm, they're high <laughs> on chemistry. Riser and Hunt are a wonder. <laughs> um. Oh, one last segment, right? Please. The well, I guess we're going to go into the recap now. But uh, I think that's not a terrible idea. What I you, have what IMDb uh, thingies. If people are curious, the episode was directed oh. by Barnett Kelman, mm-hmm. who obviously you know probably never heard of because I'm not super familiar with a lot of TV director names. But he's made famous for directing tons of Murphy Brown and winning uh, some Emmys. I think oh, well, some that's Emmys, pretty neat. at least some DGA awards. So cool. we got a Murphy Brown alum at the helm here. Uh, it was written by Paul Reiser, of course. There's a Danny lot Jacobson. of Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown won. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the shots looked really no, just, reminiscent. I'm, I'm joking. 
no, no, no. The second I, I saw it, I thought, you know what? This is this has that Murphy Brown aesthetic. I saw the that New York apartment building, and I just thought, this feels like a newsroom, doesn't it? In Washington no, uh, D.C. <laughs> No, people are really – I mean, people loved it at the time, but Murphy Brown is a good show. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, yeah. I've heard the reason it's not on DVD. Well, this is some a fact right up your alley. You probably know it already. I've heard that it's because there was so much Motown that they can't get the I rights to. I didn't hear that, but I do know that that's a thing with a lot of a lot of shows. Ah, um, the yeah, state took genre. a very long time. The state took a very long time ah. to get released. Because sure. they used all of this music when they because they were on MTV, and they were able to, they just had free reign over all of the music, and then to repackage it, they had to pay for all of that. So instead, they had to have people rewrite backing music for right. uh, for all the state sketches. Um, Boy, this recap! But this is not is a state full of facts. This is not a, a this is not a recap show for the state, my friend. This is this so is far not even show. a recap show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show about mad about you. So um, we should get to that episode. So we open up with a cold open, which um, I'm trying to remember if that remains a uh, a thing for their show. Uh, How often yeah, do they I do cold remember. opens? I don't remember at all. It, I think almost always. You're probably right. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between – look, it's either always <laughs> – Sometimes or never. Definitely. One of those three. So, um, and we've got Paul and Helen. They're in bed. Jamie is snoring. Paul Jamie and Helen. Let's start referring to them as their character names. That's true. <laughs> Paul and Jamie. We, have, we meet Paul and Jamie Buckman, the married couple mm-hmm. at the center of the show. Jamie, of course, is played by Helen Hunt. And Paul is played by Paul. Paul Buckman is played by Paul Reiser. It's true. Uh, and she's snoring. Now... I don't know if it's because I looked away for a, for a moment or because this is the case, but did it seem like you couldn't tell who was snoring initially? Um, he was awake, and so I I put it together. I looked away. Okay, so I feel like an idiot. Great. To me, to me, when I saw one of the people was awake and the other one was asleep, and there was snoring. Right. I attached that to the sleeping person. Okay. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> So Jamie's snoring. Paul pinches her nose to wake her up. Classic marital conflict, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Loud snoring. I'm a, I'm a snorer. I, uh, I watched this episode with my girlfriend who commented, shirtless, chest hair, off the bat. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, he pinches her nose to wake her up. Mm-hmm. And says, what it's could adorable. you possibly have in your nose that I don't have in mine? Which is a great line. <laughs> That's a funny thing. Well, you know what I liked about the cold open? What's up? He he sort of tricks her into doing what he wants, right? Which is to stop snoring. And then she wants him to make the coffee. Can we run the shower and make the coffee? I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> make the coffee. A delightful back and forth. They the banter and the chemistry is that's one thing that I said. Like they hit the ground running, a hundred percent. Like you get such a feel for the couple. Now I will say there's absolutely nothing charming about the cold open, but the chemistry <laughs> is through the roof. 
You took the words right out of my mouth. That's... <laughs> so then we go into the intro mm-hmm. for the show. And uh, the theme song is written by Andrew Gold. It's called oh. The Final Frontier. Yes, right. I had the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I recently picked it up. We'll discuss the soundtrack. That is great. For That'll sure. be a whole other. Mm-hmm. Yes, fantastic. There... Actually, that should be an episode. That should absolutely be an episode. Great. Uh, and it's important to do that because there are, what, 174 episodes of this show? Yeah, so, so, we, we, now... <laughs> so we should add more. We should add bonus eps. Beautiful. Uh, and let's see. So Andrew Gold, who also wrote, more famously, Thank mm-hmm. You for Being a Friend. No. Mm-hmm. Same dude wrote the theme to the Golden Girls. Yep. Where'd you get that? Was that from the commentary? That is no that uh, that is uh, common knowledge is the wrong word, but yeah, I looked up Andrew Gold and I looked up his discography, wow. and yeah, he wrote "Thank You for Being a Friend." That's incredible. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good song, and it also has a uh, playing piano on it. Is Paul Reiser? That's right. Yes, he was a I believe he was a music major in in college. I believe that's correct as well. Yeah. So I tried to. I spent a little too long, and I'm probably going to do this every time we watch one. Trying to figure out exactly, and I've been, actually this is a thing I've been doing my whole life. Trying to figure out where their apartment is. Yeah, I don't know because do the city hear? has changed just enough that it's a little hard to pinpoint because it starts with a very wide shot. Yeah. So you can see Parsons School of Design is on the right. There's a, a, a you know, a canopy. Canopy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canopy? Well, I'll go with canopy. I'll allow it. No, no. What's, uh, you know, the thing cartoon characters bounce off of? Trampoline. It's... No, no, no. Off of, in front of stores. Uh, awning. Yes, thank you. There's a Parsons School of Design there. awning on the right. Which tells me it's probably Fifth Avenue. A chuppa. <laughs> it, uh, it tells me it's Fifth Avenue, I think. Okay. But I couldn't tell. Because, it's, because Parsons is on the right, and Parsons is still there on the right, but obviously the awning's gone because they totally remodeled the school, that would mean you're facing north, which mm. doesn't feel right. And I looked north, and those buildings don't seem to be there. It seems like they're on 13th and 5th. But in okay. all directions, based on Google Street View, nothing quite looked right. <laughs> so now I'm fascinated. And thankfully, this was from a time where they wouldn't com- use computers to change it. Well, it's funny that you mention it because uh, in the commentary, another uh-huh. thing that happened was Helen Hunt was talking about shooting as good as it gets right across the street from where they shot this show. And, ah. and as they're shooting, two people... She was like some curly-haired, brown-haired dude, and uh, his blonde-haired wife came from across the street, came from that building, and like came across the street to talk to me at as good as it gets, and it looked just like oh, that's Helen so Hunt and Paul weird. Reiser. Oh, that's great! And she, yeah, and she's like, and my head almost exploded. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's fun. That's amazing. I like that a lot. You think it was a coincidence? Uh, I think conspiracy. it was yeah, yeah. You think these two people decided to dress just like Helen and Paul, and uh, and make her head blow up? <laughs> I mean, that's not a tall order. I, I tried to dress like him for a lot of my life. <laughs> I really did. He was the, Paul Buckman to me was the epitome of cool. Still is really. I I 
he's one of he's a hero to me. I don't know if I'd call him the epitome of cool, but he's the, he's adorable. my James Bond. He's your James Bond. He is. Tuck in a t-shirt and put oh, on a flannel and buttons. Put the stereo on. It's like a martini. Dum dig it dum 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 dig it dum 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 dig it dum 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 dig it dum 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 So wait, was that was that an on the fly mix of the James Bond theme? It sure was. That was pretty good. I'm very talented. I don't know, guys. That was pretty good, right? I'm really. That was really good. <laughs> that was Wait, really was good. that an on-the-fly mix? Yeah, I'm a mashup master. That's very I do cool. musical improv. I don't know what to say. You should. Uh, uh, that would be a fun. Eh, we should make that at some point. We'll do that. Well, you should. I don't know music. I don't want to be involved. But I'll listen to it forever. <laughs> Great. So, um, so what happens here? Scene so, one. Scene it's the morning. one. It's a little later that morning. And they mm-hmm. are uh, getting ready to head to work, it seems. It's heading a morning to work. Routine. And Helen raises the primary conflict. Helen, by Helen, I mean Jamie. It doesn't bother you that we haven't had sex in five days? Hello. <laughs> I just don't understand why it doesn't bother you. It's been almost a week. It's not a week. Sunday it's... will be a week. What's going on with us? What's going on is that we're married five months and the sexual part is over. <laughs> You know, they talk in that commentary also about how they wanted this show because a lot of notes they got were about how they wanted to see what the, these people, what's the, what's the, what are the stakes? What are the big stakes? And, you know, are they getting married? Is it the honeymoon? Is it the baby? They wanted to have one of those things happen. And they were just like, no, this is just. Oh, my the, gosh. This is about what happens after. And this is just about the life. I guess that's this is always about... been an issue, huh? On TV. Yeah. yeah. With networks. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, pretty neat. Well, pretty I love when they, they go that. through they go through their week. Mm-hmm. Monday he was editing yeah. film. So we got <laughs> right. exposition too. He's some sort of filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh Tuesday she had a conference thing, which to me is like they weren't sure what she does yet, but it was definitely business oriented. Right. But she dev- there. But uh, there, a lot of people got in big rooms to talk about it. We know yeah, that for right, sure. Right. There's gonna be a conference. She could have been a comic book <laughs> artist. <laughs> yeah, or the conference thing, Comic Con. <laughs> right. Uh, Wednesday, they met its parents, which quote killed them Wednesday, and frankly took the wind out of them Thursday. <laughs> and which tells me that this must be Friday. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it's they're just, very excited yeah. about the prospect of doing nothing. Right. He recommends, can we do not? you want to do nothing tonight? And her face lights up. Yeah. And so that becomes a new plan until they remember they have plans with Mark and Fran. But they hate Mark and Fran. They hate Mark and Fran. Everybody's got those friends. Yes. That they hate but really love. But they, yeah, or love, but really hate, and right. it's all. Uh, people are complicated. People sure are complicated. Though I they? also don't feel like that's true. I don't know. No, you know, I feel like she and Fran are good friends. Yes, and Paul has to be friends with Mark because yes. of that other friendship, which is not yes. something I've experienced. Because that's something that only happens when like everyone's operating couple mode. Yeah, it 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 you can know? certainly be a, a part of things for sure. Yeah. Where it's just, oh, I need to either be cordial or 
And also in a lot of those situations, you want to be very friendly with people. You want to be have a, a deeper relationship. Absolutely. Uh, and, it's the same thing I but, dread. But, but sometimes you're trying to do that with Richard Kind, and it's not very easy. <laughs> oh, I would have a very easy time, I think. Oh, they have – oh, wait, but before the, they even uh, – I don't remember where it falls in. But they have the, – there's this another beautiful – this the whole scene is full of these great runs. Mm-hmm. In the dot, like this ri- this great rhythmic like yep. thing. Like when she's looking in the mirror and she's like hey, – What can I say? I'm a woman. I have needs. I understand. I'm young. No one's arguing. I'm vital. And beautiful. Are my ears too big for my head? And very neurotic. No, seriously, is my head getting smaller? You know, I didn't want to say anything, but yes, and for some time now. The language feels screwballish. Yeah. But, but not. And then there's all the work with the door. I don't see this happen in things set in the suburbs as much. I don't remember. I feel like. And I could be wrong. This could be one of those annoying things where people are like, well, in New York. And then everyone's like, well, in New York and literally every other place in the world. But there was a thing of like you're leaving for the day. Mm -hmm. And you just have to make sure you have everything and you've Mm -hmm. left everything. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just an OCD or or neurotic thing that I have. But like the going back in is so relatable to me. Oh, yeah. I and I hate it. Four out of five days, I leave the apartment and then just. Oh wait, did I did I do this? Did I yeah. bring this? Did also I also the choice this? not to go in? Like mm-hmm. I, I used to leave my apartment in New York and I would go if I if I was on the ground floor by you know two minutes later and it was raining and I didn't have an umbrella, I wasn't going back. You'd suck it up for the entire for the next twelve hours. Yeah. I made a deal with myself because I lost so many umbrellas or just left them behind. I said I'm either not going to get an umbrella and I'm going to be wet or I'm going to have to buy like the most expensive umbrella that I could find <laughs> oh, to try that's to a teach great myself. Idea. Yeah. Where How I was much just was like it? if you buy an I think once I bought like I bought like I think like a $20 umbrella something like that. Are you kidding which, me, Russ? Are you judging me, expensive- Joe? Yeah, that was the most expensive. That's the Dwayne Reed umbrella is 20 bucks. It's not twenty bucks. Oh, man. that story was so anticlimactic. Twenty bucks. Well, I'm. So, you know what? It's like you want to end up back? It was a. Uh, it was a three hundred dollar umbrella. Really? Are you happier with my story? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Everyone, write in. Tell me which story's better. I uh, let's see. I, w- I went to buy the most expensive umbrella I could find, and I bought a twenty dollar umbrella, or I bought a three hundred dollar. But tell me which story. One story has stakes, one story doesn't. I'll tell you let me I'll let you guess which one it is. Well, I'll tell you, when I bought the twenty dollar umbrella, there was a jewel heist. And you didn't let me finish. But there was a jewel heist. Oh, what they steal right a quartz there. a quartz stone worth eight bucks. <laughs> the do we have to tell people what the door stuff is? The door stuff is when they keep on going back and forth in and out of the apartment. Right. They keep leaving the apartment. You think they're gone. And then one of them bursts back in with something they have to take care of. What? What is it now? I just have to leave the window open for the dog. Honey, it's an apartment. It's not a Volvo. Why do we go through this? Because the kid who walks him can't get up here till three and the heat's on. Yeah, but... Burglar is not going to climb up 11 stories. Cat burglars, that's all they do. They climb and they steal. Oh, honey, come on. If you're out of here in two seconds, I'm going in your closet. I'm moving all your clothes around. 
does that mean I don't like your outfit? You don't. I love your outfit. One weird thing I noticed, two weird set pieces I noticed that I'm curious mm. about that we can keep checking in with over the course of the podcast. We should. One is the gold head mask, head or mask by the closet that's on the wall. Yeah. What? It's is very creepy. That. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that that mask is in it for the long haul. I could be wrong. I wonder who's who like who's it was supposed to be if it's his or it's probably hers I guess, but like you think she got it at a convention? <laughs> yeah, the convention's a call. She's a Mooney. It was, <laughs> She's it was a, a mass wedding. <laughs> and then there's a chest of drawers in the hallway, which I was like, that speaks to just, even though it's already clearly a very fancy building, that speaks even more to like how beautiful this building is. Interesting. I didn't even see that. It's like, like a fancy hotel. You know what I mean? One of those like, yeah. small chests with ornate knobs. It is a huge – it falls into the category of huge New York apartments on television. Just the enormous kitchen and every every single room in that place is enormous. I can't imagine what they right. would have Enormous. Spent. Yeah, the kitchen's the size of like a kitchen in Ohio. Yeah. Of yeah, a they house. Have a, they have a house. They have yeah, a they house, have a house on, on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a given. So we'll just move past that. <laughs> Uh, so we, we meet move, Lisa. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know when the commercial breaks are because I can't tell watching a DVD. So I think it what? was probably right there. Who does care? I don't. Ditto. We meet Lisa, played by, played wonderfully by Anne Ramsey. Anne Ramsey, a delight. Lisa Stemple, mm-hmm. which is uh, Jamie Buckman's maiden name. The yes, Stemples. We hear that quite a bit. So you already years. see the difference between a Stemple and a Buckman. What a classic clash of cultures story this is going to be. How will they get along? I have no idea. <laughs> um, and she's saying, you married the perfect guy. Lisa's she, she is. bumming out. Bumming out because of boy troubles. I think it might be fun to keep track of the different dates that sure. she goes on. I broke up with Arthur, that creep from Fort Lee. Oh, the one who looks like William Devane? Willem Defoe. William Devane? Who am I, Mom? What happened? I don't even want to talk about it. He just doesn't want to get married again. So neither do you. Yeah, but he doesn't even want to date. He says he likes me too much to date. A very believable slash classic excuse for a breakup on a television show. The, yeah, this is this is the kind of guy who the second OK Cupid was a thing was going nuts on there sure helen hunt then does a paul riser impression yeah, how did she nail it so hard like she nailed it so hard in a pilot i'm uh, i'm thinking soup but <sighs> <laughs> they only have bisque and uh i'm uneasy with bisque i don't know why <laughs> it's really really solid and it's especially i think i heard them say in the in the commentary that they had known each other for five days at this point and that all this is happened. really insane isn't that nuts yeah the the the, the scene the, <laughs> the scene that you talked about earlier with uh her commenting on her ears in the mirror yeah. she said they said that that is the scene one of the one of the reasons why she got the role was her delivery of that line because everybody else took it seriously there was a lot of delivery of people just being like, "Are my ears too big for my head?" Being and he was just oh, like, like part of the 
like yeah, yeah too heavy handed just like too heavy handed too like I I think that something is wrong with me sure. or this is why you don't like me because my ears are right and he right. was just like no it's just a light thing and Helen Hunt didn't need Aww. to be told that ah that's nice it's sweet you know what that moment reminded me of not to go back please uh I forget the name of the comic but the uh, in real life and on the show but the guy in Seinfeld the prop comic carrot top nope nope. Oh my gosh! Gallagher. How come I don't remember Who's his not name? A prop no, he's the Italian stand-up. Uh, oh, God, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Well, oh, you know what? We'll cut this part out, though, right? Yes, we will. No, but he. Uh, do you remember? He's in the bar at the Improv, and he's like, "Are my ears getting too big for my head?" Hey, Ronnie. Hey. Can I have a club soda? Going on tonight? Yeah, you? Yeah. You know Leonard Christian's here? Yeah, I know. Can I ask you something? Are my nostrils getting bigger? I don't think so. Are you sure? Take a good look. They seem a little bigger. I don't know. I don't know. Is it possible for nostrils to expand? Oh, is this a bit? Yeah, hey, I don't do bits. I'm a prop comic. You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't about? recall. Are you kidding me? Can it, are you talking about the character? Yeah, it's are like a running him? gag on Seinfeld. Kenny, like, Kenny Banya? No, no, no. Dom 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 Herrera Dom Herrera. Oh, Dom, he's not a prop guy. He plays a prop comic on Seinfeld. Dom Herrera's. No, he's not playing. Oh, uh, okay. He plays a prop comic. Now with I a understand. Name. Now I understand. Yes, Dom Herrera is hilarious, and yeah, he was always on. You were absolutely right. He was always right, on. Now you can, yeah, right. He, he was always on TV. Now yeah. you can sleep at night. Well, hold on. Now I'm pulling it up. Wait. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie K. Sure. Remember? He's the comedian yep. Ronnie K. Right, the prop comic with the ears. Yes. Well, you're just saying that to move me along? <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> okay. You know what? Since I'm editing, just to spite you, I'm going to leave that whole thing in. <laughs> Maybe. Probably not. Please don't. Um, so, then we get to... Oh, Paul gets home. And Paul is in the other room, and he is wondering why Lisa's here. What? 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 What is she doing? He was supposed to have foreplay in 11 minutes. And hold, he, let, he let out a whole schedule in the previous scene. Dinner at 7, foreplay at 8.15. I figure we're wheezing and sweating mm-hmm. by 9. Lisa, uh, Lisa has that great joke. She's like, she's talking about her car. They, I feel like the, the opportunity with Lisa here is for them to just cram as many bizarre facts as they want. Yeah. Like, what a fun time they must have had with her speeches. How is the new car running? Good? Oh, they stole my stereo and slashed the seats. No. Where? I was at Roosevelt Hospital the night I had my panic attack. Yeah, but you're insured, right? I forgot to send in my premium. Hey, who needs insurance as long as you got your health, right? And I'm getting my period. Again. It's 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 always fun to see the black sheep, and she really digs into it, and indeed, uh, it and becomes a, uh, it becomes a highlight of the show. Just their relationship and how crazy she is. It really does. Uh, and then Paul, yeah, like you said, Paul comes in, and you immediately see like he likes Lisa, but mm-hmm. some he probably feels like she's in the way a lot. Yes, and this is not the time. And then he. Brings up uh, his buddy. Selby. Selby. 
His male, his, I guess you would call that a bromance. I hate that term, but that's what the term would be. That's what it is. They're, they're BFFs. They're BFFs. Yeah. Selby. They're, what a name. Selby's his bae. Yeah. Selby's um, his bae. Selby. <laughs> Selby. Oh, Who's your no. Selby? Call them today and tell them you love them. <laughs> well, all I know is that I love Selby, and I am so excited to see what the many, many years of syndication and episodes has in store for the character of Selby. Yeah, he's such an incredible character. On. I'm really looking forward to digging into him I, over the course of the next several years. When you've got a friend like Selby and a friendship like Paul and <laughs> Selby's, it makes you just want to explore and see where things can go. There's so much to, chemistry there that you almost get a glimmer of charm. It almost... Almost a glimmer of charm. I just can't wait to see what else, what, what the years have in store and how things play out. But uh, uh, um, Paul's like, it's a classic move of like he goes in the other room and he's like, Jamie, can I see you in here for a minute? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's sitting in an Eames chair, right? I believe so. And I'm like, yes, these cl- people are loaded. And I know this is like an old thing to say about sitcoms, but it's like a little much. An Eames chair on top of everything? They, they've, they're doing all right. We learn later that his dad owns sporting goods stores, right? Which, I mean... One, I think. You're probably right. Probably just the one. So he can't... It's not like he's born into money. He's, he he's, not, yeah. he's not Mr. Modell. Yeah, he has no uh, dicks, sporting goods. Yeah. <laughs> or Modell, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they get into a big fight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, because Lisa's there, he's like, I'm going to threaten to call up my best friend and invite him over. So now we're going to yep. have a, uh, one more person at dinner. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he gets he, he introduces does. part of his catchphrase, like basically his catchphrase, but with slightly different words. Well, so much for our evening alone. It don't look too good right now. Oh, wait, you know <laughs> what? It's not at all his catchphrase. But no. it has the cadence. It don't look too good right now. It don't look too good right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's more about that's the way that Paul Reiser says words. That's how he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's how cadence. he speaks. Sure. Yeah, not uh, a catchphrase. But, but again, uh, once again, they build up this great tension, and then they puncture it when the doorbell rings. They open the door, and they go from this hostile fight to a friendly hi, hi. to Fran and Mark. Played and by that's where oh yeah, let's Richard go with Kind. Yeah, and... Richard Kind and Lila Kenzel, right? Yes, I believe her name is Leela. And yeah, they're, they're there. And it's so good to see them. Are you sure it's I not love... Layla? I think, I think she said Leela, and I think I remember thinking, oh, like on Futurama, which is how I will remember this. Cool. Um, well, I guess if she said it, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, so we move into scene, the next scene, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, what I'd say a little uh, moments later. 15, 20 minutes, maybe. They're back in the kitchen. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Paul and Jamie are fighting. Well, Jamie doesn't. Jamie's giving them the silent treatment, I would say, right? It's the uh, tension is high. Tension yes, is high. high. And Fran comes in looking for ice. Don't me. I just need ice. Maybe you could chip some off my wife's mood. Ow. <laughs> yeah, that's a really harsh line. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big that's, one, I thought. Yeah. That's one where this fight may go from like you know what you forgot this to you know you what for you forgot that to hey dude yeah <laughs> back off <laughs> yeah but it doesn't it doesn't 
Which it is a should. relief. It should. She should address this. Maybe should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to the living room where Selby, who's played by Thomas Hinckley, right? Tommy mm-hmm. Hinckley? Tommy uh, Hinckley. Is, <laughs> we learn, we haven't met, we've barely met him because he came in. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm backtracking. It's okay. Okay. Well, uh, Selby came over in the last scene. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Okay. Yada, so yada. he's there now. And we learn he's sort of like, he's that guy who's not tied down. He's the playboy. He's the ladies' man. He's the single fun guy that he's, he's the life that Paul left. Yes. To be a married guy. We, and, we hear that more clearly later, but yes, yes, they used to be, they used to be, he's the dumb single friend. Yes. And he is harassing Mark Devenow in the living room. Right. And we cut we cut to them, and the first thing he asks Mark is, Seriously, what? How often you cheat on Fran? What? <laughs> Come on, you can tell me man to man. What kind of a question is that? Is Fran still seeing that transit come? What? It's quite, it's quite an opening line. It we get is. a lot out of the character. It's just a given to him. Like, yeah. I know you cheat. How often? How often? And follows and it up immediately with, is Fran still seeing that transit cop? He's digging in deep. Which is terrible. Like, and I assume you get the vibe that he's messing with him the whole time. I did not get that vibe. I just thought that it was just like, yeah, he's an idiot. And these are the kinds of questions that he asks. Well, do you think Fran is having an affair, though? No. No, I think that he he may not know to not ask that question to a person's wife or husband. But you think it's based on something real? I think Fran used to date a transit cop. Oh, before she married Mark. Before she married Mark. That makes and sense. And he's so a obvious. big dumb idiot. And sure. he's just saying... Hey, is she, she still, still dating that, that guy? Is yeah. she still? Uh, hey, husband, is your wife dating somebody else? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, because later he's going to ride a bike around in a living room and fall down. So this is not the sharpest dude. You're right. He's sort of an idiot. <laughs> uh, then we cut back to the kitchen. It's it's a fun back and forth uh, from the living whatever's going on in the living room and whatever's going on in the kitchen. The tension mm-hmm. to the it's like going from tense to awkward back and forth. Right. Um, the kitchen becomes full of people. The ki- which, uh, as uh, Fran comments, always happens at a party. Right. <laughs> which I guess is true. And I guess I remember as a kid, like when my parents would have people over. But it, given that no one the, I know cooks and cooking's just not a thing. This the kitchen happens. was always full. When I was a kid, the kitchen was always full of uh the women, the cooking. ladies, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. the men were in the other, and room the men were watching about... television, talking about sports yeah. or yeah, whatever. Right. The Mets, um, yeah, hey, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, but Fran comes over. Fran, Fran can sense something's off. Yes, and you get this vibe of like, oh, she takes. She's like, she's always happy to help, almost to the point of interfering sometimes. Yeah, she's a nudge. She's a she, nudge. She, yes, she yes. knows something's up, but it's just like. Because doesn't she say, what can I do? Come on, James. Let's start the salad. Fran, Paul and I need a second. Oh. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is everything all right? Can I help? <laughs> also, though, I don't know if you knew this, but Leela is a therapist now in Los Angeles. Is she really? Yeah, so this is I almost career foreshadowing. <laughs> She's a family therapist. 
I had no idea. Come yeah. to think of it, you're right. I have not seen her in other things, and uh, and this explains it. Yeah, I, she. I think she. Her IMDb says she 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 left around 2003. Show business. Wow. The last she was on Judging Amy in 03, and she did a movie called Identity. She was in the Hot Chick, evidently. <laughs> I don't remember that movie too well. Um, I don't remember it at all. I know it happened. Yeah, and then she went uh, into uh, therapy. Well, good for her. I know. We wish you nothing cool. but the best. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I should go see her, but I feel you like should. I'd be too in yeah. my head, you know? Uh, it might be something of a conflict of interest. Uh, but it's always nice to hear from a fan. So. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's an issue for her. I wonder if she constantly – well – uh, Do you think people still talk about this show? (laughs) There's got to be. If two of us are making a podcast. I think we might be it, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to find out. By hook Um, or by crook. Let's see. So what do we got? Where are we? So then people start to leave the kitchen because they are tricking them into leaving the kitchen. Right. Uh, He gives Mark a pair of... Oh, why can't I think of the words? The the, 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 the burners. Burners, yeah. <laughs> burners. Stove burners. Stove burners and says, bring these in the other room, will you? <laughs> to get rid of them, yeah. Well, because they're then... like, can everyone leave us alone to fight with my wife? And mm-hmm. Shelby and Lisa obviously know to leave. But, of course, the other married couple, Fern and Mark, are totally unfazed by this. Because yep. as married people themselves, we're sort of establishing that, like, yes, married people fight. So they just sort of hang out in the kitchen waiting for the fight to happen. <laughs> Well, they're married, but also they are completely boundaryless. So whereas Selby – Selby's an idiot, but, you know, he and Lisa are just like, okay, they want to do their thing. Right. And the married couple is just like, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to live my life in your face. Sure. Um, Uh, In the fight – so eventually they leave when he takes the the burners. Mm -hmm. And and he tells Fran to take two more. And she's like, Mark knows where these go. Yeah, so so funny. But um, one the, the thing they argue about, I really related to, and it really taught me a lot about relationships when I first saw this. Yeah. Well, he said, I forget. Is it funny that on a recap podcast, I keep saying I forget what exactly they say? But funny is a word. They get it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to call them if I ever move. If you move. What? No, sorry. We. If we move, okay. Kill me because I said I instead of we. Yeah, you know why I said that? Because subliminally, that means I hate you. Which, ow! There's a magnet in the thing. I just don't know why this is all so hard. What? This, everything, marriage, it's supposed to be different than this. Says who? Everyone. Well, they're wrong. It's just like this. It's, it's exactly, it's exactly like this. According to who? Everybody. I asked around. <laughs> Look, there's always, there's always going to be stuff, you know, but that's... I put up with your crap, and you put up with my crap. That's marriage? This is what I'm thinking. It is interesting. It's a thing. Like, it's, it's a thing, a thing that, that I've had to think. I'm like, you know, you're right. You, when you're in a relationship, you're a unit. Yep. That's absolutely true. So, and, um, really going deep here on a, yeah, they do that, in a pilot. They do, that, they do that episode one. Yeah. And, you know, they even say, I believe he says, you know, I put up with your crap, and you put up with my crap. That's marriage? Uh, yeah. And then he says, then he says his catchphrase. Then he says, this is what I'm thinking. Yes. That's, and ah, there it is. There it is. 
And uh, here's a little peek behind the curtain of our podcast uh, listeners. Uh, until approximately three minutes before we started recording this podcast, we were going to call this podcast, This Is What We're Saying. Uh, and then we decided to not do that. And now we're mad about mad about you. Mad about I... mad about you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So, so we, 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 we hold this, this phrase dear, deep in our hearts, dear, deep in our hearts. Uh, <laughs> and then we go back to, oh, this is when they begin to, she begins to seduce Paul, right? Yes. Cause they, yes. they get through that. So they get through the fight, right? They uh-huh. address the the issue that's on the table, and suddenly Jamie has a little glimmer in her eye. A little, uh, yeah. Maybe we should uh, stick to yeah. our original plans of uh, making yeah. love tonight. Yeah, she is she is unsettled at first and saying, "What if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong?" And to try to calm her and reassure her and show that he loves her and supports her, he kisses her, and that kiss, yeah. she says, she says more. Yeah, and which ooh, it's just boy, it, is that it, it goes from it goes from love and oh I need this support to hey let's uh, make sure that we can ha- yeah let's 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 take care of business in the kitchen with a room full of our friends next door. What if this lasagna sucks? What if it doesn't? <laughs> what if it? Com- More. Come here. Right. So then Jamie has to go. She runs out there and she's like, nobody come in here for right. a minute. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Um, Which leads to them trying to determine what the surprise is going right. to be. Right. And I and love. And it leads to. What? Yeah. I, no, I just I love how they go from uh, adversaries to allies. Yeah. Because the whole show, they're sort of tricking each other. And now they're both together tricking all their friends. Yeah. It's just like uh, they just cover every aspect of this relationship. So it's a delicate dance, beautifully. And uh, we get to see uh, shots of a table rocking, yes, and <laughs> colanders and fruits falling. Yes, which you feel like also speaks to a a thing they do throughout the series, which is when they have the chance to get goofy, because mm-hmm. it's a very realistic show most of the time. Sure. And sometimes they just they, – they find a little game they want to play and they go for it. And to me, this yeah. was that, which was like let's make this like cartoonish almost yeah. things flying during sex. Because <laughs> yeah, after a few minutes, uh, we showed the stove and uh, food starts flying, I yeah. believe, if I'm not mistaken, and right. then a shoe. Right. So, <laughs> so they've been having a lot of one-shoed sex. <laughs> right. It's beautiful. Until finally, either that, until finally she kicked it off or she was holding the shoe and then threw it. Yes. <laughs> the shoe got in the way. And to break up the action, we keep cutting back to the living room where we see the four of them, Lisa, Selby, Fred, and Mark. Uh, some Mark's trying to figure out what the surprise is. Listen, what do you think the surprise is? <laughs> well, you see, I know what it is, but I can't tell you. You know what? They told you? No, <laughs> oh, no. Who told you, Paul? Come on, you're making me uncomfortable here. <laughs> oh, and Lisa and Fran are having that silverware argument at the table, which is so funny. The littlest things can set you off. If I told you I once cried because I didn't have a gravy boat, would you believe me? 
Are you sure Jamie does it like that? Because the last time we were here, the silver was next to the plates. She just switched to this method last week. Lisa does her silverware by putting it all in a glass, like a communal thing. Which I think is lovely. Lisa's so funny and so weird. Yeah, but then you've seen Franz de Rosie's, because she's like, uh, shouldn't Uh, we set it by the plates? I think that's how Jamie likes to do it. And Lisa goes, oh, very seriously, she just switched to this method recently. She just switched. (laughs) Nailed you. And then that we jump back it. to the sex, and Paul Ryan, Paul Buckman has a beautiful button. There's a very sharp corner digging right in my thigh. Our next table has to be a king. <laughs> oh, very solid. Helen Hunt is adorable in this. Yeah, they both are. Uh, yeah, and what is... Oh, because, yeah, Paul, as they're kissing... And he's she's seducing him. Paul says to her, "You don't scare me." Oh, it's great. which I think is so good. Yeah, just such a, a sweet, funny, real line for that kind of moment. Oh, Whereas, what yeah, a couple! Really great. Did we say that? Yeah, we said they're doing it on a table, right? They're doing it on a table. Great, great, great. I forgot. All right, uh, that's the end of that scene, I guess. That's the end of the scene. And we probably got yeah, a commercial. They, uh, yeah. Where Jamie also says, this is the most fun we've ever had with Fran and Mark here. Oh, great line. Uh, um, And everybody leaves uh, afterwards. We come back from commercial. Almost everyone. Everybody leaves with Selby, Mm -hmm. who is watching Superman inexplicably. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's on TV. It is on TV. Uh, And he's lying there with Murray. Yes, Murray. Murray the dog. Murray the dog. Makes an appearance. And here's something that I learned. Yeah, go ahead. That blew my mind, John. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Yeah, sure. Murray was originally a pit bull. Weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't either. Pit bulls are great, but Murray is Murray. Yeah, I don't like that at all. (laughs) You want to write a letter? (laughs) I'll tweet. At You'll someone. Tweet. <laughs> I guess I'll tweet a Paul Reiser. Um, tweet a Paul Reiser. I think this might be the only episode this dog did. His name was Smiley. Really? Yeah, because he's only credited with the first episode. And then they got a different Murray. Uh, evidently. Interesting. Yeah. Because uh, I'm looking at the second episode, and I'm not going to tell you guys who, who played Murray in episode two. But I'll tell you, it's not... The guy who played him in the pilot. Oh, and do not spoil this for yourselves and look ahead. Yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. Um, but we'll have to track how you'll, many Murrays you'll there ruin are. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's gonna we'll, we'll do a Murray counter. Yeah, Murray counter. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're saying goodbye to Mark and Fran, and uh, Mar- uh, Mark brings up that they're going on a, a cruise, right? That Mark and Fran are going on a cruise. That's true. And they invite Paul and Jamie. Well, mm-hmm. Mark invites Paul and Jamie without Mark talking to Fran. Paul, yes, and Fran is not into this idea. Right. She and wanted it to be just the two of them, which is something that he realizes uh, by her icy silence. And Yes. 
Which is, of course, the beautiful mirroring of what the entire episode's been about in a way, or the main mm-hmm. conflict of the whole episode. Did we tell you guys we're going on a cruise? Oh, that's wonderful. Where? When? End of the month, Puerto Vallarta, eight days. Oh, that's nice. Fell in my office once. Said it was fantastic. The food, the weather, unbelievable. You guys should come with us. No, we, we couldn't. No, maybe. don't be silly. We'd love it. It'd be nice to have the company. Fran? <laughs> more, more company. Co- company for, for, for the two of us, for, for, for both of us. Two couples. Always <laughs> two couples. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. You misunderstood me, okay, because um, they, they can't just pack up and leave right away, right? You know, it's funny because, you know, we can. The actually. end of the month is perfect for us. <laughs> Fran? Do you get yourself into these things? We're going alone. We're, we're going to we'll go alone because I think it's romantic that way. We were looking forward, but uh, I understand. Uh, Jamie goes into the bedroom to get ready for bed. and mm-hmm. uh, Well, she seems like she's assuming Selby's going to get up and leave. And he's like, oh, good night. Like, good night. He, he's yeah. just going to keep sitting there watching Superman. So Paul throws his trench coat at Selby to get it, to kick him out. And Selby mm-hmm. just without without anything just gets up and puts his cut like the their rhythms are so in sync and they're such good friends they don't even have to talk about these they things. don't like they they're, both know exactly what's going on the relationship is so ingrained yeah and so there you just know that it's going to be solid for the rest of their for the lives rest of the life. <laughs> so uh paul walks into the door to see him off and uh jamie calls honey you coming to bed Man, it's like a work whistle. It's very easy to make fun, isn't it? Let me tell you something. Someday, you are going to hear a voice just like that. And amazingly enough, you are going to say, In a second, sweetie. Yeah. Oh, and he talks about how he's going on a date with a dancer. Yeah. And she's got a sister, which is such an old... Have you ever been in that situation where, like, a friend was like, "Oh, I'm going on a date." Oh, and she's got oh, a sister. Got a sis- yeah, you should you should come out for a double date yeah, with me with a sister, and my, my girlfriend's sister. Because you know, sisters it's are always a- either single or not single at the same time, and they're always the same age. Yeah, yeah. and they're always both and, interested in the same kind of guy. Yeah, and in friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and if they were, it would be like, oh, we should all go out together. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's an old uh, trope. Ugh. The that... 80s and 90s, man. Men are bad at writing things. <laughs> or earlier. I feel like going out. I mean, the Pigeon Sisters I mean, from The Odd yeah. Couple. Yeah. They were sisters, yeah. too. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but he says it's like a work whistle, you know, mm-hmm. a dig at marriage. And Paul's just like, you know what? One day you'll be married and you'll understand. And he leans yeah. back and he goes, in a minute, honey. It's very sweet. It's very, it's lovely. And uh, Selby's like, you sure you want to, you don't want to hang out? And Paul slams the door in his face. <laughs> and then we cut to them back in bed. Yes, where we started. Where we started. It's the end Beautiful, of a long day. A long Friday. At least they get to sleep in, huh? Yeah. And they are very much in love with each other and explaining that to each other. Explaining yeah, it. It's like that dark dark room bed whispers. Mm-hmm. Really reminded... I felt like it was like a Woody Allen It felt like Manhattan or Annie Hall. Yeah, or Didn't it? Yeah. Did you have that vibe too? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
Ugh, and it builds where there's to not a, a whole just, lot of light. Yeah. Right, and they're, it's, they're talking very quietly. Mm-hmm. It just feels very intimate, especially for a multicam. She says, I love chest hair. Yes, yeah. which as Jen uh, did yeah. when you guys turned the show on, right? Jen, my girlfriend, picked it up, and, yeah. and then Helen Hunt brought it home with, yeah. I love chest hair. <laughs> and Paul responds, hey, what you have is plenty good. Yeah. Oh, that's great, too. Um, they... It's funny because it feels so intimate, but you're like, there's a studio audience watching this. Yeah. Probably. I guess it could have been a pre-tape. I don't know, but presumably. Presumably. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was either in front of an audience or not in front of an audience. There's going to be a lot of of weighing our options in this show, (laughs) I think. And we get a nice I love you Mm -hmm. between them. Followed by a nice pause and one final button. Are you having Thanksgiving with your parents or mine? I thought I'd just come visit you at the institution. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I watched the commentary, writer Danny Jacobson came up with that line Mm -hmm. and told Paul, and Paul said it, and that was the first time that uh, Jamie, that Helen Hunt heard it was when they recorded it, and so that laugh is a genuine oh. laugh of. Isn't that great? Yeah. Um, sweet show, sweet sweet show. Uh, that's the pilot, um, guys. It's a great. It's a great pilot. Uh, it's a clinic. It's a, it's a clinic and pilot structure. <laughs> diet. It's a clinic. It's definitive. It's. It's great. It's really really fun. It's. Yeah. It's how it gets done, and you know. Helen Hunt also said in that commentary, she was like, part of me still can't believe it's sold. So that sort of thing never ends, where it's just like, they, part, she doesn't believe that just like, even even when something is good and successful Absolutely. and brings you many awards and accolades, it's still just like, wow, I can't believe we got to do this. Absolutely. And TV yeah. shows never, like, I, I love Lucy even. CBS, yeah. I read, didn't want to do it. And I think Lucy that could be. and Ricky, they set up a bunch of vaudeville shows across the country to be like, look, we have chemistry and people will watch. <laughs> like, even back in the wow. 50s, they had to do that. They had to do a proof of concept. That's so crazy. On their own. Isn't that crazy? Well, nobody believes anything, That's the equivalent I guess. now of being like, okay, fine, we'll go make a web series about this show, and then people will watch it, and then we'll make the show. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Showbiz is always the same. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's the pilot. Yeah. That's episode one. We and did it. our episode one. That's the end of our episode one. Is that safe to say? Yes. Um, I've got a show. I've got a weekly show. I do musical improv at the Magnet Theater on Tuesday nights in Manhattan, 29th and 8th. So come on out. My team is called The Commotion. Yes, check uh, it out. We'd, we'd love to make you laugh. I've heard great um, things about it. I haven't been myself as I live in Los Angeles. That's true. We do live across the country from each other. But I look forward to seeing it one day. Thank you so much for listening to Mad About Mad About You. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It's quick and it really helps us out. Also, check out our Facebook page. And you can find us on Twitter at Mad About You Pod. Our theme song is by John D. Ivey, and our logo was designed by Nathan Diffie. Thanks to both of them, and thanks to you for listening. Uh, all right, Russ. Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll see you at the next one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.